she's a werewolf too. I come from that world of drag. You are incredible. You showed us the absurdity of all of the things people take so seriously. You are here today living proof that laughter is the answer. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. This is a queen who is very soulful. She can break the mold. You know, Willow, daytime in. Willow, you are a superstar. Everything you do, you've got that extra something to And I learned so much more about you, which is what we wanted to happen. So on point with your outlook on life. You get more and more fierce every time you come out. I get the mirror, right? You're wearing reflective hands. You always manage to do it uniquely you. That's a gift. You are someone from my tribe. I know how hard it's been for you. And yet here you are. So I mean, from the day she got here with those marshmallow flip-flops, I love Willow. Willow, your resilience has been so inspiring. How are you doing? Um, I don't see how that's any of your business. Because that's the perfect answer. It's a perfect answer. Is there anything you'd like to say? I just really want to thank my family and my friends, and most of all, I need to thank Cornbread's ankle. Well, Mary, we have a new mommy. Oh, hi, mommy. <laughs> mommy. Mommy, mommy. <laughs> Get me water. Bring me turnips. Yeah, put spaghetti in the bathtub, mommy. Yeah. Willow won. Uh, I, I, I have to tell you, the it's like we, we've been told all along that Willow was the winner. I just didn't think that they were going to do it. I, I did not either. I really, you know, even watching the episode, definitely the first time, once I got to that last lip sync, I, I was like, I mean, I get it. She's great. But like, you know, who's who's got the best marks in class is Miss Camden over here. And it was just like hard to not. We've talked about track record in the past, and it only matters if it's affecting your your choice to win. But I don't know. I got kind of hung up on the track record, at least the first time I watched this. And I was like, but. Okay, I get it, but, and so I've moved on a bit, but that was my initial reaction was like, I kind of saw this coming, but I also, the math wasn't saying this, you know? Oh, the math was saying this for me. I feel like, I, I was having this discussion with somebody online. I feel like that Camden definitely could have won, but Willow couldn't have lost. All right, Confucius, what do you mean by that? I mean that after all of the setup, all season, RuPaul saying, I am a member of your tribe. I come from your style of drag. All of the praise, all season. I just don't think there was a way that Willow could have lost at that point. Unless she was up against Georges, who was told that she was born to do drag. I think that was her only competition at this point because we've seen on Drag Race UK season three, once Rue tells the queen she's born to do drag, it's like, oh, oh no, honey, get that crown measured for that little head. And, oh my God, agreed, agreed. You know? But the thing that cancels George's born to do drag out is RuPaul saying, "Well, you're 22, damn it." You know, it's well, and and what's so interesting was that yeah, Crystal Versace was like 21, but it's like that thing that could be specific to because the thing with I think with younger queens is Rue either does what you're saying of like. 
oh, well, you're, you're 21. You're going to learn a little of what she kind of said to Bosco, uh-huh. even though she's older. Or it's what she kind of says to a crystal or a violet tchotchke of like, oh, my God, you're ahead of your time or Aquaria. Yes. You know what I mean? Where it's yes. like, how do you know these references? And so that's kind of your cue as well. It's like, well, a young queen can win. But what's Rue's reaction to her? You know? Yeah, absolutely. I think. Am I wrong? Crystal was 19, Mary. Oh, you're right. She was. You're right. Oh, wow. You know, anyway, I know uh, it has, uh, it's only furthering your point. Um, But yeah, 19. 19, Lonnie. 19 Um, is young. Yeah. (laughs) I, I'm so happy for Willow's win. I will say, I, I hear what you're saying. I wonder if you hear what I'm saying. Willow, even the finale in my opinion, was edited for Willow. Oh, I don't I don't disagree that there was telegraphing here. Oh, no, I'm agreeing with you. I think it was just my own going in oh. and just kind of watching from a, wow, Camden really killed it this season. Like, wow, she had a really great solo performance. And by the time it got to the last, the top two, and, and she had at least the more energetic performance, the two, before Rue announced the winner, up until that point, I thought, oh, it could be totally Willows. And then at that point after the performance, I was like, oh, man. No, they're definitely going to still give it to Camden. Because, like, Willow's great, but look at the performance. But this, I'll say this. The second time I watched it, I was like, yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah. So um, yeah. this was just, I like, mean, my initial reaction. I – one of our Marys was telling us about the parallels with season 11. I know we've talked about that before. It's wild. It's really wild. Do you want to say one of the points that was made? Yeah. I mean, we talked about this a little bit, I think, in the season 11 mini challenges. uh, So we have talked about this before. I mean, we'll talk about the most obvious one is that it, I mean, it's, it's bananas. It came down to a ballerina who's originally from another country with the most wins of the season up against uh, a quirky queen from Denver with only one win and health conditions. (laughs) Wild. Wild. (laughs) And, and, and in the finale, their look featured many faces. Yes. Right. Right. And the other one featured ballet. Yes. I mean, it's and like and that and Mary's that is only one of the parallels here. Yes. Um, There's the Nina West. um, Who was Nina West compared to Nina Uh, and Deja? They went out at the same time and had a similar energy. One of my favorites is the fact that Daya and Vanjie both went home first and then came back and got to top five. (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant. I mean, it's wild. Even here's the one that seems like a stretch. But on second thought, I think it I think it works. Bosco is kind of like Silky, was often in the bottom and was criticized for her looks, was loved mm. at the beginning, but kind of skidded into the finale. Mm. At, like very different types of queens, but similar challenges, you know? Yeah, absolutely. No, that parallel is uh, is a little uncanny. Yeah, I mean, and even Angie and Akiria, like Southern, you know, uh, pageant queens who kind of got lost in the mix by the end. Oh, interesting. Oh, my God. Yeah, Akiria should. Oh, I wanted Akiria to win. Oh, my yeah. God. It's, it's Where is them. the body? Yes. Where is the body? Yeah, so, I mean, it really, the parallels are bananas. Bananas. I, you know, there's another thing that I want to bring up as we're talking about the winner and you being like, well, Lady Camden did great um, because she did. I, the lip sync 
had me scratching my head. And I wonder if you have a similar kind of feeling about the lip sync. Oh, I got to tell you. I got to tell you, girl. I scratched both sides of my head. <laughs> like I scratched both. the one on my head and the one in my crotch. I did. I was. Yeah, I just I was I had my hand down there like like uh, Al Bundy. I was just like, man, what's going on here? Uh, Cher? I had my hand down there like a VD commercial. Yeah. Um, I so. Oh, were you Cher was one of the reasons you were scratching your head. Why there were was many Cher reasons. not ABBA? Okay. That was just like one. That was like an appetizer scratch. It was like a, oh. Sure. Okay. All right. First interesting choice. And then it went on. Yeah. And then it went on. So I I thought the lip sync was great. I, I will say that. I thought it was great, um, you know, in general. It was fine, right? Here's, here's what I'm going to break it down as. It was like it was all pre-choreographed. Willow had the first reveal. Mm-hmm. Then Camden had another reveal. And then they revealed together, both wearing similar body suits mm-hmm. in a way. And then they had this like duetty moment towards the end where they were lip syncing together. And then the final button move, they both came forward. One of them did uh, a somersault and the other one did like that, that slide split. And it, it almost seemed like because it's Vegas... Because it's not live TV, they must have had a rehearsal. Like, that's what it felt like. I know what you mean. I, I mean, I, I think you're also kind of speaking to the overall feeling of the entire finale. Is like, ugh, all of this just is like, is like a, it's, a, it's wearing a shoe that's a half size wrong. It's like, oh, this just is not right. And mm. I think... Your Definitely. inserts are on the wrong foot. Like totally. that's kind of how it felt. Totally. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I'm, I'm, my big toe is getting smushed. And... Uh, to say nothing of the pinkies, you know? And I think this lip sync, yeah, you're right. Like everything was very choreographed and then it turned into this like lip sync duet towards the end. And uh, which I sort of liked. It kind of reminded me of season one between BB and Nina. That's like such a lip sync duet. And uh. so I like when the top two, especially knowing they're both going to walk away with more money than BB ever did. Uh, <laughs> you know, you can have a bit of a victory lap at the end, but um, it was, yeah, it, it, it almost felt like Willow and Camden were like, hey, listen, let's, Let's go out on this together, you know? I feel like they wanted the best kind of, the producers rather, wanted the best kind of finale show. Um, And so this is just kind of evidence, I think, to your point of the entire finale. There was kind of the sheen on it. And it can also be illustrated by RuPaul's kind of roboticness. Uh, I don't know. It's like they, it's like, it's just like it was the second time they did it, Mary. That's really mm-hmm. what it felt like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, and, you know, if they wanted to have the best finale possible, well, I don't know. I don't know if they're ever going to figure it out. But what's so frustrating is that they'd already figured out in Thailand a long time ago how to do this. And it's just so frustrating that they still in America can't figure out just do what they did. Like literally well, just they do tried. what they did. They tried. I mean, season. This was very much like a season eight finale, right. and I was worried about that. It was like I was season worried eight, about it. but then the songs were even shorter. You know, it was. Oh, like, Mary, they were a minute and five seconds. Bananas. It was yeah, bananas. Uh, you know, at the top of the episode, we should just give credit where credit is due. Leland wrote all of the songs, uh, and Gabe produced them all, um, and 
two of the tracks, one of them being losing is the winning, uh, were performed by Von Zell. So shout out to Von Zell. Uh, but yeah, all of them were Leland. And I have thoughts even on the Easter eggs of what each queen's song was. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, Mary, do you want to jump in? Do you want to keep kind of yeah, jumping no, around? Where do you want to go? jump in. I think as we go through, I think a lot of, like, what we want to say about all this. I mean, like, for example, RuPaul's robotic. I mean, that is actually the way to watch this finale is, is how much RuPaul does not want to be there. It's kind of... <laughs> It's so funny the the minimal choreography, the never making mm. eye contact with anybody. I mean, mm. it is the 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 choice at the very end for the last lip sync to leave the stage entirely and go be the guy from Power Rangers. <laughs> oh my god, the guy from Power Rangers! No, right? whatever his name uh, is. <laughs> I'm thinking the Wiz, the Wizard. Uh, just sure, kind of on the monitor behind them. Yeah, watching the monitor from backstage. I mean, I imagine that a lot of that had to do with COVID, and just kind of fears with that. Uh, that could be one reason I why they guess. didn't put RuPaul there. Yeah. Well, let's let's dive in. I mean, I, my first note is that if I never have to hear the song "Catwalk" ever again, I will be one pleased kitten. I just hate the song <laughs> so much. Uh, the way you murder those kitten heels on the runway is criminal. <laughs> criminal. And the thing about this song is I know that the lyric is, and the world is your catwalk, but as it plays out in my head, I always think, and the world is your oyster. And I always yes. say that in my head, and so it, it I get mad about that. You know what I mean? <laughs> I hear you. I, I don't want to hear you. that anymore. I appreciated, actually, the the Glinda from Wicked entrance by RuPaul coming down and then the first line almost revealing a long con. It was almost as if the chocolate bars were just for this moment where RuPaul says it's chocolate and smirks. I was laughing because I, I got it. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a cute moment. I think it was a nice sort of like self-aware moment like i think it, it kind of solidified like yeah we know that was a really campy thing to do this season and honestly i i in retrospect i love the chocolate bar thing i love what it gave yes us. i love the the sounds yeah. that it gave us you know oh the sounds that was all it was about just the, the whole produced camp of it is it reminded me of season one where it, they were making fun of reality show competitions. Like that's what the chocolate bar kind of brought back for me. But I also love the double entendre of RuPaul being like, it's chocolate and she's a black man, you know? Oh, I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> I hadn't don't even thought see of that. Race. I don't see, I don't see color. So <laughs> I just think that that's all you're blind. Matter. Oh, I'm sorry. You're gay. Yes. I'm gay, right. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. And then Michelle came in twerking with a key. What was, like, what were you, what was your reaction to cute little Michelle? <laughs> I think I love that it just continue. The, the narrative continues that RuPaul wants nothing to do with her. He he didn't look at her <laughs> once. She is literally tap dancing for his attention. She gives him the key to the city, and he's like, "Oh, that's nice." Insert cocaine joke here. Like it it was just. Mich I just I love I also love this sort of like narrative that I'm inventing in my head that RuPaul's furious with yes, her. Yes, I know He's you just love so that. Mad. <laughs> I love that. He saw X Plant and he just blocked her on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know I, the irony that RuPaul Day is the same day as Earth Day in <laughs> Vegas. 
does I, not fall on, you know, short. I hadn't even <laughs> thought of that. Oh, that's, you want to talk about a long con. That's actually Michelle being like, guess what? Today, Earth Day is also RuPaul Day in Las Vegas, which in and of itself is probably some kind of environmental disaster. Yeah. Yes, unsustainable. <laughs> yeah. There is no water source or electricity source. There's nothing out there. It is all completely man-made. It wouldn't yeah. exist without man. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's, it's fracking ridiculous. It's, I love it. I, I just, that's, that feels good, you know? I will say this, because as much as we're kind of like poking at RuPaul, RuPaul was fantastic this entire season. And I'm bringing that up because our nuance episode, we're going to talk about like best moments or best nuance moments from the season. And I, and just kind of revisiting the season as a whole this week, I was just like, oh, my God, RuPaul is so fucking good at being a host. Oh, I think in the show itself, the the edited, pre-recorded, all that in Simi Valley, yes. We get the phone acting, we get the the, the bits on, on the panel, mm-hmm. we get all the interactions in the workroom. Like, no, Rue is great, but I love how terrible Rue is at these live finales. And I just feel like it's like Rue the introvert jumps out. It's like, I don't want to do this. The only thing standing between me and a total panic attack is half a beta blocker right now, you know? Oh, for sure. Yes. I just have to dance and get off stage, you know? I mean, it. He's probably very uncomfortable in all of that getup. You know, he does not Mm -hmm. like being in drag. Right. There's there's all of those things. Uh, Well, you know, we we do not spend much time with. I mean, RuPaul does no opening dance. She does a little bit of a shimmy, and it's like, oh, okay, that's it. That'll do. And I kind of feel like we waste no time with like, and let's get to Angie and all this. It was like within no time. And I don't know what else I expected to happen, but within no time we were in the Angie montage. We were right in the Angie montage, which was double the time of the lip sync. Uh, Just just saying. Um, I, you know, as a whole, because I don't want to say this every time, I was really disappointed in all of these performances, not because I don't think the Queens like did a good job or the dancers weren't good or whatever. I was really excited that drag race us was going to like give us a show in the vein of Thailand. I thought this is where the season is going. They're ready to do this for us. Instead, we got a minute and five seconds of these original songs that I have different thoughts about. And I, I was disappointed. And I think the finale um, it felt more like a like American Idol finale. It felt very much more canned. It did. I mean, and I think you know, I I agree, and I think with Angie's the 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 problem or the you know with her going first is that she was the performance uh, in which we realized what the finale performances would be. Yes, like, Mary. She yes. was when the disappointment hit that like, oh, we're not getting. Um, what we were hoping for we weren't getting what we got in season 12 you know what mm-hmm. i mean I, like it, mm-hmm. it's not like they haven't actually done this before and i and if you think about it right like we didn't need the montages they didn't tell us anything no. we don't even really need the like the the chit chats with rupaul and the queen afterwards all of that could have been in the reunions which they've done in the past and all of that time could have been dedicated to i mean maybe do a tiny montage uh, and then give like a full scale performance, you know, and and I yeah. think that would have been 
Because, you know, like, it, it, you know, we get a minute-long performance that's like, okay, fine. And then we get this incredibly uncomfortable interaction with, like, Angie's family and Angie and Rue's not looking at anybody. And I just thought, like, this, it just felt like a lot of wasted opportunity. Like, you've got the venue. You've got the talent. You've got mm-hmm. the money. Mm-hmm. Why is this what we're doing? So there's two things I want to say about that. First of all, uh, yeah, the question and answer period after the performance was very much the Hunger Games uh, again, it was like they rehearsed this. Mm. Nothing felt totally the first time these queens were hearing these questions, right? It just felt like somebody, during the rehearsal, somebody stood in for RuPaul and asked the questions. You know what I mean? And the queens already knew what the questions were. Um, yeah. the, you know what I mean? The, I felt that with second... her parents as well, that they were like prompted, hey, yep. these are the questions Ru's going to answer, answer, ask you, so just be prepared for answers, you know? Right, right, right. King and Queen at kindergarten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I. Uh, it, it's interesting because Angeria, I don't know if you remember this, Mary, but back when they were talking about, you know, who they were, what kind of lip syncs they liked to do earlier in the season, Angeria told us that she was a ballad queen. Oh, I remember that, that she loves a park and bark, that she's a ballad queen. Yeah. And it's like, well, here we have this very high energy song that Angeria did. I don't know if she like had it in her face. Um, the other problem with the song for Angeria was that the song was about her track record, right? It was only how she is on the show. It really told us nothing else about Angeria. It was only her relationship with the competition. And that I felt like was kind of a cop-out. That was not a strong thing for Angeria. It, it was. It reminds me of in season eight when Naomi Small's whole song was about her legs, and then Bob's song was about being good at everything. And it's like, uh-huh. well, it's a little different. And that that brings up a question: um, whether be, I, I think in this case where it like sort of mattered, because in season eight they were just performances, but the decision was made. But here, where these performances were kind of meant to be judged on, how much input did these queens have on what the song was, what the lyrics were, like? I, that was the thing that was weird to me was like, well, how much like say did they have in all of this if this is going to be something that's going to potentially get them at least $50,000 pre-tax, you know? Correct. And, you know, as fans, we don't know. I can only conjecture to guess or maybe that's redundant. But uh, it doesn't feel like they had any say except for perhaps like the look. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel mm-hmm. like... Bosco and Daya for sure had like an idea about what they wanted and then went to Leland with it. I don't know. Uh, but it sure it, I wouldn't be surprised, Mary, if they didn't have that much say. Well, I think that like Angie, Bosco, Daya and and Lady Camden, I mean, all of those felt like those could have been anyone's song. Yes. You know, only Willows felt like something that like was original to her, something that she had a lot of input in. And so that really stood out to me as well of like the other four were just like generic. I'm a winner and I'm a fighter and I'm an entertainer and I'm a fierce bitch. And then like Willows was like, and I hate people, but I love toast. So like it's pretty specific. <laughs> well, I guess I can, I can uh, take another stance on that because Angeria's was about a track record. Bosco's was like, I'm a devil. Uh, and Diaz was, I don't have to fight just cause I'm a fighter. It's very kind of, uh, redeeming of sorts, you know, it's kind of like, well, now I'm here now. Oh, I shouldn't have fought. 
even though I am a fighter, right? And then Camden's was basically a Freddie Mercury uh, parody song. And it was, I fell down and I got up and I won, which is which was her whole storyline uh, for that episode where she came up as Freddie Mercury and then won the episode. So I don't know. Those feel pretty specific to me. I think they're applicable to their narratives, but they're applicable to narratives. Whereas I felt like Willow's is applicable to her and like her aesthetic and her mm, point. There's yes, nothing yes. about Willow in the show about hating people. That's Correct. something that's no. her brand, you know? Yeah. You're, you're putting into words what I was trying to say about Angeria. Um, yeah. All of these songs have to do with what the show showed us. Whereas Willow's, yeah, we didn't know that. Yeah, you know any of that. All of this, and and it was like, and then it was even like, because you could say you could take this. I fell down and I got back up again. You could give that to any other queen in any other season. You could give that to Raven in season two, and it would apply. And you could give the devil narrative to somebody. You could give it to Fifi O'Hara in season four. Like mm. there's, ne- you could transfer things over. Whereas like Willows, it was like there's there's no one else that this makes sense for. And I thought like to your point from the beginning, like the buildup, I know we're only on Angie's, but like, I think using Angie's as a counterpoint, Angie's performance was so much, so non-specific to me in a way. And so not about her and not, and and then the way that it increased in being about the Queens, it was like, well, these are in a very obvious order, you know, like these. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like this is like best in show. That's how I want them. You know what I mean? (laughs) Well, that's how I want them. Why do we love her? I don't know. That's how I want them in the little shoes. <laughs> and that's how I want them. That's how I want them. Yeah. <laughs> Mary, oh God. You don't know, Angeria's it to me it was the most unsuccessful, even though it was probably the most high energy. Mm-hmm. There was no reveal. There was a lot of dancing. Uh and it also didn't really fit Angeria's aesthetic. Yeah. So it, it, all of that being Kind of another answer to your previous question of like, I don't think Angeria had any say in this. I I don't either. I really, this one felt like the most not about her. So, um, I you know, I don't have really any notes on the, the interactions with Rue and her family. It was like, uh, I almost fast forwarded the second time I watched because I just couldn't sit through it. <laughs> and I also even feel yeah. like poor Angie. Her parents Angie, are cute. Her parents yeah. are cute. And Angie, I felt like it was so weird. It was like, you you just I knew even at this point that Angie was not going to be going to the finale that that she was not Rue's choice in the same way that I knew it, that Akira was not Rue's choice mm-hmm. and there's something where it was like you're giving her all of that Southern Sparta charm that Rue loves but she's just not buying it or she's not eating it up like you're serving it RuPaul you mean yeah oh. like Angie yeah. was like serving up bowls of it and Rue was like haha that's funny. But like, She's was like, well, it... Simone already won. Simone's backstage. Yeah, backstage. yeah. I've already yeah. got my charming Southern Queen, and if I want, I got Heidi in closet as well. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you're gonna have to give me something. Like, it just and it was, yeah, it was interesting. I felt like both Angie and Bosco were like examples of this recipe should work. Rue loves this, and he didn't. Mm. Yeah, I. I don't know if it's that he didn't. I think he was charmed by her and and thought she was lovely. But as we heard in the clip of the week, RuPaul loves Willow. <laughs> well, I mean, he was he he may have liked Angie, but he loved Willow. Yeah, yeah. And Bosco, if we're going to kind of segue here, I don't think Ru cared 
I don't think Rue is going to remember who Bosco is next season. I, I, I agree. I think that, you know, I think the performance itself, it felt like the beginning of a performance that was about mm. to take off and then it ended. But Bosco yes. itself, I mean, this is something I've kind of seen all season is like Bosco came in knowing I just have to make RuPaul laugh. And mm. I just could always see that. And I just... I know you hated that. I hated yeah. that. I just couldn't unsee, even in this, like I could see her building up to her punchlines. And it was like, oh man, just take your foot off the gas, little girl, you know? I just love the Becky from Roseanne-ness of Bosco. And I don't know, the casualness. Maybe it's because I just moved from the Pacific Northwest. But there, there is something very familiar and chill about her that... I appreciated all season and I know what you're saying. Like, Oh, she sees the punchlines coming, but uh, there's just something very charming about her. I think she's got a great laugh. And to be honest with you, I love this reveal. Um, you know, the angel wings coming mm -hmm. off to reveal the devil. I, you know, it was cute. Um, and by cute, I mean, well done. It was half of a great performance and I was just Correct. expecting the other half to show up and then it was like, Oh, we're done. Okay. She should have then, the, the song ends, and then she goes on like a two-minute roast. You know what I mean? Sure, like, let's yeah. make these performances. Let's do something here. Um, Angeria could have done a ballad and and then had spoken word in between, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. Um, I just wanted so much more, and it was it was just underwhelming. I will say this. Bosco, I don't know what her boyfriend was on but he he was not all there right no he was i i just think maybe he he thought it was a you know a, a multivitamin it turned out it was a melatonin melatonin with melatonin i know her melatonin and i think he realized maybe a few minutes before the question was asked oh shit I'm sunsetting. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, no, it's kind of like, oh, God, I took the edible too soon. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, he took it right after or right before the rehearsal, but he didn't know the rehearsal wasn't live. Yeah, and so now it's like, oh, God, I know I have <laughs> yeah. to answer this question. Just remember the pre-rehearsed answer. It's never boring. It's Just never boring. Remember that. <laughs> I wish that I could ask Lucy Lips. To remind me, but I'm lost. The hat, too. I was under like, this hat. Is, yeah, I'm lost under the hat. It was a little much with the hat. I was like, don't you know the rules? Like, you, you can't wear a hat like that. You can't because yeah. it blocks out the light. Take that thing off of your face. And <laughs> meanwhile, Lucy Lips, I think, was there to make the most of her moment with Rue. And I was like, oh, you know, Mary, there was some venom. Yeah. In Lucy's answer. Yeah. Right? Was like, Listen, I've auditioned six times. This is what we do in Seattle. Oh, and she was like, well, it was almost like she's like, well, I don't know about you, but in Seattle, we celebrate all types of drag. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, you bitch. I know you Pacific Northwestern bitch. <laughs> it's so it's so Seattle nice. I know. It's like yeah. she was very passively cutting RuPaul's throat. <laughs> yeah. I just I was like, wow, that's a real. You know, <laughs> she got that in there. Keep she that in there. That in, the editor yeah, said, <laughs> "Yeah, she put that." Yeah, there was a, there's a real intent there. Anyway, <sighs> I um, anyway, moving on to Daya, dressed as I mm. guess the dragonfly, the infamous uh -huh. dragonfly. Yes. Uh, I, so I think 
I think this perform. I mean, I don't want to. You know, fine is a boring review. I think this performance was fine, but I have to say that while I I was enjoying it at the very end, there was that dramatic swaying that she and the dancers were doing. At the oh, you hated that, and I was like, "This is such a college production choice. How dare you? <laughs> it's dramatically swaying." But I think that her. I think there was a lot about her performance that was was really cool. Oh, I thought she did great. Yeah, and. I'm saying that as someone that uh, thinks Daya is a great drag queen and uh, there's, I just, it, it, nothing really ever stood out for me. Like I'm not going to remember any of her looks from this season. And I know that sounds shady, but it's just my personal opinion, whatever. You don't have to agree. But this performance I thought was really cool. Uh, unexpected. She came out with that like billowing thing uh, that looked kind of like a, you know, a ladybug shell. And then she had the reveal of the tentacles and then the third reveal that they light up. I, I thought this was great. I, I definitely, while I say that she's like Vanjie and that she made the top five, I think in this finale, she was probably the third place performance. That, that's right. And she yeah. was, you know, number third in the rating. I yeah, can't believe yeah. it. That's yeah. how I want them, uh, you know? <laughs> this is, that's how I want them. Um, it's just how I want them. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I will say I wanted to discuss one of RuPaul's uh, quotes from the interview section where she says, you know, I don't mean this to sound shady, but there's nothing safe about you. Where Did that hit you in I, any type of way? I have no idea what that meant. I mean, I think it can be a, an interesting compliment of like, there's nothing I mean I don't think I knew I think I would have been like okay what does that mean <laughs> I think I understood what it meant and I'm kind of like I never found Daya to be dangerous and that was kind of like the edit that she was given in this finale is like oh she's kind of edgy and she's dangerous and she's got a mouth on her and all that and uh, it's like oh well there's nothing safe about you and nobody likes safe drag you know what I mean and I I just disagree. I think her drag is very safe. Um, and the only thing that isn't safe is that she was, like, honest on the show. Right. In in a way that, I mean, I stand by it. She was correct. But, yeah, her drag is a little hot topic in the mall, you know? It, it just... <laughs> It's a little hot topic where it's Torrid. like, you know, torrid. Yeah. The the back of Spencer's, you know what I mean? Mm, like, the back of oh, Spencer's. Yeah. Yeah. Back by the penis pasta, you know? Mm, I love the penis pasta. It's delicious. Mm. A little bit of pesto sauce. Oh, I love a little pesto sauce between those two buns. Pesto sauce. Yes. Between those two buns. Um, yeah. So Camden comes on Mary. Did she dance the shit out of it? She danced the shit out of it. Now, I want to just mention, because we talked about this briefly, or I, I asked about this, I think, in the reunion episode. She literally did the same song from Center Stage in her opening talent show at the beginning of the season. She did the Jamiroquai song. So she literally Cooper Nielsen does at the very beginning of this season. And I just want to, like, name that. And, Mary, I'm sure you caught it. And you're going to be like, oh, my God, of course. You're going to be Mrs. Peacock. She did the spinning reveal from Center Stage. Oh, my God, of course. <laughs> Jody Sawyer. She Jody Sawyer, us, everybody. And yes. she Jody Sawyer does. I'm so glad she didn't Maureen us. I was so worried. <laughs> what uh, do you know? What do you um, know? <laughs> 
I I I could not stop snapping. I was like, oh, she did it. She yep. did it. Because I wanted that reveal when she was doing her talent show. It was like that was such a missed opportunity. And then here we are. It was almost as if Lady Camden was listening to our 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 discussion of that she episode. probably is actually she might even be a matreon she probably listened to our our center stage episode oh, that's and right. yeah. she may feel that we are her donna murphy you know we reminded her you gotta yes. bring it comes from here bring it bring it back from to the bar here. you know he's impossible oh we touched talking about RuPaul. <laughs> yeah talking about rupaul yeah we talk we just impossible but you got to take this opportunity you know uh <laughs> Yeah, I um I I think that Camden did a great job. I I would I think the shot of her at the end like hanging upside down was like amazing. I was like, "Oh my god, look at you." Like it was interesting how much she had a lot of like so much more stage presence. She has so much more stage presence than I feel like I ever give her credit for. But like I thought she was great in this performance. Oh, she was fantastic. And, you know, it's interesting. We talk about the poetics of Drag Race sometimes with lip syncs. And I remember being at the bar. I watched this at Rise. And, oh, my God, it was insane. We had to, like, move people. We couldn't see um, because there were just so many people. Oh, it was just crowded, yeah. Yeah, it was so crowded. But uh, the song... the One of the refrains is, and I won, and I won, and I won. And I'm like... What are they trying to tell us right now? Is Camden going to win? Right. Well, that was the thing is like the irony that she had a song all about winning and mm. and did not. I mean, granted, she, you know, then we're very quickly reminded that losing is the new winning, but we'll get to that. But um, she's I thought she did a great job. I think she is. What's interesting about Willow Pill, I don't think Willow Pill should come back for an all star season, but Camden should. Oh, absolutely. Because I think there's also that sense of like who Camden would be in All Stars would be different. Mm-hmm. Or that's like the ideal narrative. It's like, well, I may have been quiet or underestimated in my season, but I'm back to be like the front runner, you know? Yeah, right, right. I mean, Camden could pull a, a Brooklyn Heights and host UK's drag race, you know? <laughs> oh, maybe. Oh, maybe RuPaul could be like, hey, listen, the second place prize is that you have to host with Michelle in Drag Race UK because I'm done with that bitch. She seems her. to think she could do her own gigs and she could be in shows. And I don't remember ever opening that door for her. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, then we get Willow Pill's performance. Um, this was, I mean, I was, uh, maybe I was a little, a little two sheets to the wind, but Mary, the reveal of the faces were just everything to me. And the final gag it felt like because i was not seeing that final one it felt like the rose petal in a way like an echo of oh you did it a third time and or you had a third kind of gag and damn i did not see that coming i think this felt like the most complete number i didn't feel Mm. shorted i felt like the gags that she had kind of made the most of the minute and five seconds and it, it was i mean it was I mean, again, if you watch this compared to Angie's, it is just like ridiculous how this is so it is. We are being told at this moment, this is your winner. If you Mm -hmm. didn't know it by now, this is your winner because like not just because of what she's doing, but because of what we gave her, you know, and the sentiment I hate people, I feel like is very 2022. Yep, It's very post COVID. It's very Gen Z on Twitter or even like Gen X on Twitter. Like there's this, 
uh, I just took a Xanax. You know what I mean? It's uh, it just feels that way. Oh yeah, I, I think there's that too. Is like it's so it's cool to be antisocial. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like it's cool to be like, oh, I hate people. And it's like, I, what's so funny is I feel like it's it's such a. I mean, it's obviously such a song in quotes, but it is. It's interesting that there are some people who hear this and go, oh my god, I loved Willows the most. I totally identify with that. Who like take it not as this like in quote satire commentary, but actually like, oh my god, I I. That's genuinely me. identify with this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, shout out to this Mary will who texted me uh, the day after the finale and was like, that song is my mantra. And I'm like, yep, that checks out. I mean, there are people that just hate people and, and they don't necessarily mean it, mean it, but they mean it. I mean, I think RuPaul hates people. So maybe that's also a cue of why Willow won. Right, is she Mary. had the song that Ru also was like, yep, I identify with that. <laughs> um, I want to talk about the two questions that RuPaul asked Willow. And again, who knows if Willow was given the answer or what, but RuPaul hearing, well, I don't see how that's any of your business. Marys that don't know, RuPaul was on the Graham Norton show and was asked like, uh, you know, or RuPaul said like, oh, there's three ways to answer questions. And that was one of her stock answers. That she said on the Graham Norton show. And I've heard her talk about that before. Like, I think even on the show, she's she's said, like, that's her favorite answer in an improv. I think even uh-huh. with, like, Snatch Game, I think that was her advice, was, like, she loves the answer. I don't see how that's any of your business. And Oh, I didn't know she talked about that on Drag Race. Because I thought she, that was only from, like, the Graham Norton show. No, or no, I, it, maybe it wasn't Graham Norton. It was, like, Jimmy Fallon or something. Yeah, I just, I know, I remember her coaching somebody for snatch game with that and then like maybe then they tried it and she kind of did a Rita Rudner see that I laughed you know (laughs) uh well her response that's the perfect answer that's the perfect answer again Willow being edited to win this finale and then finally I mean put this on a tote bag Mary if an alien landed on earth and asked you what a drag queen was what would you say her answer is I would say mental illness and rhinestones I mean, that's also right on brand of like yes. the same people who say I hate people love a mental illness and rhinestones joke. Like she's yes. she gets the tone and drag queens are all mentally ill. Like and it's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, but we all are right in a way. Yeah, exactly. It's saying like, well, it, this is just a, this is an ingredient we're all working with. I just put rhinestones on it, you know, mm. uh, only Willow could make a mental illness joke and get away with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, she I was did trying that. to think like who else like uh, other than maybe Evie Oddly in terms of like making that kind of joke, you know? Uh, right. You know, I I assume that Willow had told her mother and sister to dress as the blue pill and the red pill. <laughs> it's very Matrix. Once again, she's got this 1999 aesthetic. Uh-huh. And yeah. I just, I do. I think she told her, her mother and her sister to dress as, as the pills. Hello, pills. She is the perfect winner for today. I, I, I will stand by that. She is the perfect winner. She crosses so many boundaries, whether it's generational, whether it's aesthetic or or gender. I mean, it just crosses so many and it, it is just perfect. Well, what I appreciate about Willow is that once the dancers arrive on stage, she promptly leaves. It was like, yep, that's what you do. Yep. There you go. Get the hell out of there. Uh, you know, uh... which is worth mentioning. Principal Sky got a line and I have to say I love I because I did peek on Twitter during the finale just to kind of I sometimes like to just see what the, like, the hot take reactions are from you know 
people who somehow I have are ready to hit the tweet the moment the thing happens. But after Deja Sky got to promote the bubbly and say my favorite's cherry, whatever, uh, I saw somebody on Twitter say. In, in all caps, of course, because, you know, why not be hyperbolic? Deja Sky got a line, everybody! Okay, it was just an ad, but she got a line. And it just made me so happy that other people were happy for Principal Sky and her inclusion. Mm. So, uh, mm. she got a line. Love her. Uh, yeah, Cornbread uh, obviously got more lines later, but she did get a yes ma'am, yes ma'am from the audience. Uh, which is, I just think, no- noteworthy after Willow's performance. Yeah, and sometimes Jasmine would say things, and I'm like, I don't, I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you just said. Something about business. I feel like after Daya, she was like, yeah, how to succeed in business. Like, no, that's not where we're at. What are you talking oh, about, Jasmine? Yeah, I miss, I miss that. I miss yeah, that. Uh, Jasmine no... <laughs> looked fucking stunning, but I don't know what she was saying. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I, all that hair. So, um, Did you fast forward through the Vegas show as well? <laughs> I watched it, but I, I watched it. Because I, I, after the first time I saw it, I saw someone, I think on Twitter saying Naomi Smalls really stole the show. And I was like, where the fuck was Naomi Smalls? And then I had to watch it again. I was like, that's Naomi. Oh, that's a different face than I remember. So my goodness. Uh, You know, my one, one one reaction from the Vegas show. Otherwise I have no other reactions is I fucking love Trinity K. Bonet. And that's all I want to say about it. She was there. Yeah. I'll say that um, I know there's this whole sentiment like losing is the new winning and blah, blah, blah. But like and, and you know, there's a message there, blah, blah, blah. But I my take, I mean, um, you know, feelings change. And my takeaway was watching all of these mostly runner runners up singing this or lip syncing this song at the finale was weirdly humiliating. <laughs> It was just like this weird, like, hey, it's fine. We all lost. We all lost. Here's all the girls from season 14. Everybody lost. Everybody here lost. And I I don't know. That was just for some reason it just felt either that was humiliating or maybe I was just reacting to Derek Barry doing arm wheels. I haven't decided. Mary, it the Derek Barryness of the Vegas show is just not lost on me. And I love all those queens. Uh, and it's it almost makes it a little bit more of a parody. I will say this. I'm sure it's a great gig for them, but I, I, one of my good friends just had a residency in Las Vegas. That is not a fun town to be stuck in. And if you have eight shows, 10 shows a week, you are stuck there, you know, because of your contract. It's not like they can like go and, take a show off and perform somewhere. I mean, maybe they can, um, which hopefully they, they can, because it is not a fun town to live in. What do you do all day? I mean, I've never been to Vegas, but I actually have no interests. Like, if I ever Same. went, it would be maybe for two days max, you know? But I don't gamble. You know, I would go to see, like, I would go to see, like, a Celine Dion show. You know what I mean? Like, I would go to see a show Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. uh and you know maybe i would go see the drag race show Uh, many of our listeners have wrote uh, you know wrote to us and said you know oh it's a great show it was a fun time and i totally believe it and i don't want to live there there's nothing to do during the day mary that's right there's nothing to do during the day i mean if any if any of our marys are like vegas marys i'm fascinated by the idea of living there and i just want to know like on a on a Tuesday at two o'clock in the afternoon, like, 
what what do you do? You know what I mean? Like what's wh- and I'm not saying you don't do anything, but I don't know what you do. I don't know. <laughs> I just want to yeah, know. Yeah, there's a whole town kind of like around it. Uh, my friend Anne lives there, um, and yeah, she works on the strip as like a, an event coordinator, but. Otherwise, like, yeah, there's just like it's just a community and strip malls, that kind of thing. Uh, and it, it's very that. So I don't know. Uh, again, we're kind of spoiled. We're East Coast snobs, you know, so there's also that perspective. But Mary, from what I hear from my my good hearted friend, there's really nothing to do during the day. Man, fascinating. Ugh, what a life, you know? Like, that would what be, you know, just, I, I, you know, and like, hacks is a little bit of a view into, like, life in Vegas. But I, yeah, the idea of just kind of a day-to-day life, I guess you could watch, like, real-world Vegas and maybe just see what they do. I don't know. Mm. But anyway, uh, you know, we do get a very quick sip of hot chocolate. And in terms of things that could have been different, what if we got a little performance from hot chocolate? <laughs> You know, like, what if we actually got to see, I mean, not to make Tina the woman Turner. work mm-hmm. if she doesn't want to work, but like, it. I think, th- again, we didn't need the interviews, we didn't need the montages, like, there were so many different things they could have done with the time and the space, and I think it would have been really cool to be like, hey, let's feature, like, you know, a, a Vegas a drag queen. legend. Yeah, yeah, right, right, instead of the Vegas show that they kept plugging, you know? Right, um, right. Yeah. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, it would have been great to see Hot Chocolate perform. I don't know if Hot Chocolate still performs, so maybe that had something to do with it. Who knows? I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, you know, RuPaul, after they show that little montage and that you get a little Hey Girl, Hey Hot Chocolate, the the go on girl give us nothing of RuPaul saying, oh, what a star. Mm. What a star and a lovely energy, lovely person. Anyway, when we come back, like it was just she couldn't care less. It was a rehearsal. The first time she did it really great. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) This was a cutie cue. So we get Simone uh, looking stylish. I love how the subversion of her not wearing a ball gown. I just love that. Um, But here's my one takeaway from this moment. Lala Ree came out, you know, looking fabulous. And she said, oh, so this is what this feels like. Because she hasn't had a live finale. And I know Jada was like in the parking lot during Simone's season. But wouldn't it have been nice if Jada came out with Simone? Oh, that could have been a nice moment. Or if Jada got to... Well, Jada... Isn't Jada in the the drag... I mean, I know she's she could have done both, but isn't she also in the Drag Race show? Am I crazy? That, was she not in that? Why do I think Jada's in the like Vegas show? Uh, because maybe you're right. I know she's on All Stars. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe she was busy with All Stars. But... Um, I will. I agree. I love that Simone did not try to feel like there was a lot of chit chat. Yes, like, Jada is in it, Mary. Yes. Oh, she is. Oh, yes. okay. Okay, I'm not crazy. Um, yeah, there's always that feeling of like giving the season twelve girls a little something. But uh, I like that Simone did not try to up the ante of like, oh, I'm gonna do what what you know Violet did or whoever or, you know Bianca, and I'm, I got to come out with the most ornate look ever. I like that she kept it on brand, and like mm. it's an unwritten rule. You don't have to come out with the biggest, most ridiculous look ever. And I like that she came out in jeans. You know? Oh, she looked so stunning. That wig was amazing. She also, I mean, she had a run uh, a red carpet gown. She wore a gown on the red carpet, and then you know, and she had a costume change, which I think is is perfect. Um, and. I yeah, I really appreciated this moment. I also love Simone. I think she's fabulous. Um, and Lala Ree, just like to boot, uh, is 
oh god get her on all stars immediately well you know i i there is a little moment that i enjoyed where i feel like simone in so many ways is is kind of taking the torch from rupaul even in how she says certain things let's see if the way she says lala Ree's name sounds familiar help me welcome back season 13's miss congeniality lala Ree. I feel like that should sound familiar if you've ever heard this before. All right, now let the music play. Oh, <laughs> so, Mary, where's the edit of La La Ree? Well, oh, I baby. Was, I was going to do that, but then, you know, then I did not. But I'll I'll put it on Instagram. Maybe I can do that. Yes, yes, Mary. La La Ree. Help me welcome yeah. back season oh, 13's Miss Congeniality. La La Ree. <laughs> Oh baby! <laughs> oh baby! Yeah, so I will work on that. But I, um, I just thought you know, that's that's taking the that's taking the crown and scepter and running with it. You know? Yeah, I'm coming for the crown. Yeah, Lollarie. You know, I, I I was very surprised. I again, lots of goops this this episode in terms of my expectations. I just was sitting there waiting for Carrie to get her miscongeniality. And same, it's not that the cornbread like. "Quote unquote," didn't deserve it or whatever. No. Like I, like cornbread's great. You know, cornbread had to leave partway through the season, and there must have been that kind of factored into it. And she was kind of like a mama uh, to Willow Pill in many yep. ways, and it was just beautiful to watch. I still go back to that moment with, where she gets her the, uh, the hot, hot cup of water for her hands. I mean, cornbread was great, uh, but yeah, Carrie Colby seems to be the one on and off screen that was. Like, re- like, all the girls kept saying, like, oh, well, Carrie and Carrie. Oh, it was Carrie and Carrie. So it was surprising. I, you know, I think it's a it's a nice, it almost felt kind of like, you know, the whole fan favorite thing of season nine. Like, it felt like, because I know this is voted on by the queens, you know, as we're told. But it almost felt like, oh, well, you didn't get to compete. Here's Miss Congeniality. You're nice. Mm-hmm. We enjoyed you. Like, it felt like a nice send off. Um, yeah. Especially when Cornbread's talking about how she's going to quit drag in the next couple years. Apparently, That's right. I mean, yeah. you know, well, she's young. I think she, Lady Bunny and Monique yeah. talking about it, but like, yeah, yeah I agree. She's, uh, people say things when they're young, and then they come back, and you know, it just depends. She's going through a lot, it seems like. So, um, you know, fame does that. She's she's a young she's a young lady. I don't know. Um, who knows? Yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't be mad if she had another career outside of drag. You know, that it was like acting or. Uh, music or something. I mean, she can do it all. So um, I think cornbread, yeah, something will happen. Yeah, something will happen. Everyone loves a little bit of cornbread. I, mm. I, uh, I don't, I don't know this quote. Is this from like the Queen? Uh, oh, this, this is just a miscongeniality look. I was gonna ask you, and our, now we have to go to our Marys who yes. will shame us, and you're gonna be shamed. You're gonna be, put, be down. put down. Um, Never shamed. It's once. probably some. It's probably some very famous drag quote that we should know and you know who who are we we don't care let us know what it is mary yeah yeah help <laughs> us out uh you know listen oil of Olay, they're giving it out this season Ten thousand to miss congeniality two thousand to the rest of the girls just for showing up mm. who said oil of Olay didn't do anything for anybody i don't know did somebody say that i don't know i heard it once and i just want to debunk it now oil of olay does things for people oh mary um yeah yeah, well then we move on to the lip sync uh which we kind of talked about and they crown willow 
Willow has that lovely moment at the end where she thanks Cornbread's ankle. I mean, um, I love I, yeah. that. That's such a like. Same. I mean, as a final line of the season, yeah, that is so like. That's where I was like, no, you know what? Willow did win. That is brilliant because what she's saying is like, and if Willow didn't break her ankle, she would have won. So if Cornbread, yeah, excuse right. me, if Cornbread didn't break her ankle, she would have won. And so I just thought that was like, that was. So I will say like what I really loved about Willow, even in the finale is that she did kind of subvert the, the the show or the pageant answers, even of like, you know, the other Queens would be like with Daya, it was like, you know, what kind of message would you want to give to people? And it's like, it's okay to fall and you just have to get back up. It's a lot of like, again, generic sentiments. Like the Mm -hmm. other Queens all had a lot of generic sentiments and Willow was just like giving joke answers and, and giving sort of left of center answers. And I think, you know, I, the idea that the queen who wins drag race, while it's determined by a lip sync, it's not who's the best lip syncer and who has the most charisma, uniqueness, nerve, and talent. And it's a very, I feel like that is, you know, that's very much branding, but it also putting that layer over it means that this can be a wildly subjective decision. And we're reminded that constantly, the, the decision is mine. And I just think that like from that lens, it's like, well, it really doesn't matter if Camden was more high energy in the lip sync. No. Or had more wins because RuPaul likes Willow more, and yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it, you know, Camden still got fifty thousand dollars, so I'm not too sad about it. Absolutely, and you know, not for nothing, you know, as as many people will say, representation matters. I think, and Willow has talked about this in interviews, but the fact that she's a queen with a chronic illness. Just showing that you can kind of move on, that there, you know, you can strive, you can have goals, uh, is just one of those messages that Drag Race is promoting. Uh, it's just another platform for that perspective. Uh, that I think is, um, again, another very 2022 type of lens is like, yeah, there's lots of different types of people on this earth, you know, and uh, only certain types of people historically have been winning things, you know? I, certainly, yeah. I mean, there's that, you know, uh, that, I mean, you know, I think maybe Bunny and, and Monet were even talking about the whole, like, transphobia thing of, like, could, is this something for RuPaul then point to and say, well, you know, uh, Kylie Sonique Love and Cornbread and Willow, like, am I really, you know, am I really that awful transphobe you think I am? And I, it's an interesting point that, like, it's not why these people were crowned, but it is something that changes the narrative. And I feel like that's something that, like, I don't know. I'm sure RuPaul's aware of on some level. Oh, that's a whole other nuanced discussion. But yeah, it's such a tired refrain of like, oh, I don't watch Drag Race because RuPaul is blank. Right. And it's like, you don't hold anybody else to that standard. Yeah. But uh, you know what I mean? Because it's like, because yeah, her comment sucked. She got canceled. But look at all of like the work that she's quote unquote done. Um, since then, right? It's really taken on a completely other direction. So I don't know. Uh, that's a whole other nuanced discussion. I will say this. If I were to crown a winner for this season, the, the queen that really won Mary, in my opinion. Tasha Colby. Tasha Colby. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. Let, you know, that was kind of the, the 15th queen of the season. Yeah, the one, you know, that's just always in our hearts at all times. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. 
nuance this week, our, our after show this week is going to be much more of a looking back on all of the other nuances we love this season. So I'm going to save my soundboard finger for that episode because otherwise we'll be here all day. Well, that will be fabulous. Yeah, I'm excited to go back. Mary's uh, that maybe want to uh, sign up for us on Patreon um, at the $5 level for our nuance episode. Yeah, we're going to kind of take a look back instead of doing superlatives like, you know, best dressed, best whatever. Uh, we're going to take nuance to our top five nuance moments of season 14 and then also let you know what is going in the drag race time capsule. Every season, there's always an item or two that goes into the time capsule that gets buried underneath the earth. And uh, for instance, season two is Jujubee's eyelash that falls to the ground. Uh, so season 14 has some items that we know need to come back. Uh, and I'm excited for that discussion. Yeah, yeah. So if aliens come to Earth and they want to know what drag is, they can just look at this time capsule. Marys, we're going to end our episode there. If you have any thoughts, any thoughts at all on this season of Drag Race or the finale, you can reach out to us on Instagram at AllRightMaryPod. You can also find us on the web at www.AllRightMary.com or TasteOfReality.com slash AllRight-Mary or email us at AllRightMaryPodcast at gmail.com. And if you want, I'm on Instagram at Johnny also. And you can hear even more of me and my other two podcasts in the details, A Celebration of Nuance or Best Supporting Podcast, A Celebration of Best Supporting Actresses. And you can find me on Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. But as mentioned previously, you can also find more of both of us on Patreon uh, for Nuance, the Art Mary After Show, or our Drag Race España coverage right now, where you can go back to hundreds of episodes in the archive for coverage of Season 3, Season 8, Project Runway, Next Top Model, Center Stage, so much more at patreon.com slash allrightmary. All right, Mary. And if you're wondering what we're going to be putting out week to week before the All-Star 7 season begins in about four weeks, uh, next week we're going to be doing a bracket for best, best actresses in a musical on Drag Race. Uh, you can follow along with that bracket on Instagram. We're going to be doing uh, daily polls of each different round, which I think will be really kind of fun to look back at all of the different acting moments in a musical on Drag Race. Uh, and then next week, we will have a full episode about what our findings are for the bracket. So uh, that should be a fun one. And then we got some uh, other fun episodes uh, coming ahead. Um, one of them being our case for ballads on the drag stage. So stay tuned. It's going to be great. Well, uh, all that leaves us now is just a last chance lip sync. And... Uh... Mm. Wait a minute, sir. You've mispronounced my name. Uh, <laughs> so I think it's wild that we've got an entire season without making a Jagged Will Pill joke. Oh, and my God. Jagged Will Will Pill. Jagged Will Pill. And so it occurred to me of like, oh, I think that that means that this is the moment. And so alas, Alanis, if you will, our last chance lip sync this week is for a queen who saw right through all of the nonsense and gave us a totally fresh perspective. It is none other than Right Through You by Alanis Morissette. Just going to take me out to Wine Dine 69, me, Mary. Yeah, that's what RuPaul was trying to do. Take a long, hard look at my ass. <laughs> 
and go play, then go frack for a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Oh, I love this song. This song is great. Uh, it's very angsty. Uh, it's got a great little guitar riff. Um, anyway, Mary's enjoy Alanis as our last chance lip sync, and we will see you next week for the best actress in a musical podcast. Tatsin's.